You're listening to another great podcast in the MyMac Podcasting Network. Tech Fan Podcast number 426. I'm Tim Robertson. I'm David Cohen. And, uh, yeah, here we are. <laughs> we made it. We made it despite the zombie apocalypse. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous. They just uh, announced yesterday, last night, that they canceled school here in Michigan for three weeks because of the coronavirus outbreak. And that's all social media is now, 100%. Yep. And it's kind of tiring. The, the diff- yeah, the difficulty is is that there's not much new information coming out. Um, there's no information. So, yeah, I, and it's weird. I, it must be strange for you in the States because, of course, you, you don't really have a good national response. This is all regional. This is at the state level and below because your national response just seems to be to blah, blah, blah. It's not so bad. Oh, yeah, um, it's, 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 yeah it's a joke. Yeah, I mean, I've got to be honest with you. Kind of the whole banning the banning the flights from the EU, uh, <laughs> except for except for the UK and Ireland for some reason, uh, and then he's except- got golf courses courses in both those places. <laughs> exactly. And then and then, but American citizens can can come home because presumably you're already immune to it. Um, I I don't I don't get it. I really really don't get it. And, Nobody uh, does. Uh, well, it makes the, no sense. I think it was just basically a, a just a screw you to the EU, um, yeah. which you know. It's because they made fun of Donald Trump when he was yeah. there. They yeah. laughed at him. Yeah, and and now he's upset and, about it. I know course, this isn't supposed to be about politics, folks, but come on. Yeah, of course, this is why we laughed at him. <laughs> well, <laughs> you, know? you know, I laugh at him. I think he's. Yeah. You know, if I lose listeners for this, I don't give a crap. We try to avoid politics, but. I think this guy is a buffoon. I mean, you know, when you have a national crisis like this, a worldwide epidemic, and he takes the actions that he did, and then they have to rush to correct. Oh, oh, wait a minute. He he was talking about uh, merchandise. Yeah, he did say merchandise. He said goods and services. And this guy's an idiot. I'm dumbfounded. And there's people on social media saying thank god we have trump as president right now and i'm like oh my god it i, I can we target the coronavirus to certain people is that possible well you know i i i did i did see something on the on reddit the other week they said well maybe they should take all these anti-vaxxers and send them to china now to prove whether their theory works or not yeah <laughs> you know um look the, the the real thing is that we don't uh, we don't really know what will happen because this thing is new and things can change. Things can go sideways. Um, it can affect different people different ways. At the moment, it seems like it's, you know, unless you're in certain risk groups, it's relatively benign. But everyone's trying to avoid everyone getting it at once because we all know our health systems can't cope with that. That's right. So that's what it's all about, you know. Um, but we're, do, we're doing everything we would normally do. Um, I'm not, not going into the office as much, but I go in when I need to. I'm fortunate that I'm able to work at home an awful lot and do a lot of my um, client work from home because of technology. So um, that's kind of the blessing of the world we live in. It's, it's a blessing and a curse. We have social media. We have a lot of uh, debate online and we have a lot of um, 
false messaging and panic and that sort of thing, which is spread instantly to everyone through their phones. But at the same time, we have a very good way of, uh, you know, kind of living in a way without necessarily needing to go do things that might be risky because of technology. Uh, Most people get paid electronically now, so you don't have to worry about going into work to get a physical paycheck and going to the bank and cashing it. And And, and money itself is a a spreader of disease because it's the dirtiest thing you probably ever touch. It's uh, technology is both good and bad, no question. But you were asking before we started recording about Apple encouraging mm. employees to work from home. You said that could, you asked, can you can they actually do that? And I would say, of course they can, especially the coders and stuff like that. But um, they could probably get more done at home because they don't have to go to the stupid meetings all the time. And plus, you get probably an extra hour and a half a day because you're not commuting. And plus, you're probably working, you know, half the time you would if you were at work because you're not, you're focused when you're at home. You just get it done with. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. For me, no, I can't really work from home. Um, and I, I've had a couple people ask me, is it affecting car sales? Not yet. In fact, I've got a bunch of appointments tomorrow. But it could. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. Um, it shouldn't, but. You know, at the end of the day, some people are going to take these warnings to the extreme and go too far the other way. Yeah. Like it's the end of the world and you just want to go, just relax, Skippy. It's wash your hands, you know, don't take stupid chances and just carry on. Let's stop buying up all the stupid toilet paper. So, yeah. So I was pointing out to you before we started that. Uh, as a, a respiratory disease that's like a it's not really like, it is like the flu but it's not really the flu it's a different type of virus it's like a cold like a really bad cold yeah it boggles my mind that everyone's buying up toilet paper and in pretty much every picture you see online on social media of empty toilet paper shelves in supermarkets right next to it there's the um tissues which you use when you have a cold there's always plenty of them and i'm thinking why aren't they buying tissues because you kind of need that if you have a cold Yep. Yeah. Uh, it's just one of those things that you, I, the stupidity level is at an all-time high, and there's really nothing we can do about it except keep podcasting. Yeah. Speaking of podcasting and technology, I just sent you a link to something that I got the other day on Amazon. It's one of my freebies that I get on Amazon. I don't know if you've ever seen one of these, David. Do you find the link? I have the link. So it's a 9.6 inch um, mirror for your car. So it's a rear view mirror and it's a mirror itself, but it's also a video screen. It's got a forward facing camera that actually slides out so you can clear the mirror that you're clipping to. So this doesn't replace your mirror. It it kind of straps on to the front of it, or I guess the back of it if, you know, depending on how you're looking at it. Um, and then it also supports a backup camera. So I've got it rigged in my car right now with wires just kind of everywhere. There's really only two wires, one from uh, the cigarette lighter adapter, 12 adapter plugging into it so it has power, and then another wire going to the back of the Sequoia for the backup camera that's just, it's up too high than where it's supposed to be, but it's fine. Um, I got it. It's It's $90, right? I got it because I thought, I always kind of wanted a dash cam 
And remember, I bought that one off of Wish. Remember that? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was terrible. Um, it didn't work at all. But with this one, I thought, you know what? This is on Amazon. It seems like a nice one. It stream or it uh, it's a streaming media. It's not streaming. No. Um, it's 1080p or 720. So I've got you know all the settings turned on. It actually will look at the lanes on the road and beep if it thinks you're going out of the lane. And it keep. I had to turn that off because it kept thinking I'm going out of my lane, and I'm like, I'm not. I'm fine. Um, but for the front camera. Now, if you just there's a power button underneath this thing that so you could turn it on and off, uh, and when you turn it on or off, you're turning off the video screen. Not otherwise, it's just a mirror. So I, I'm just trying to figure out because it's not very clear from the pictures here. Um, so it is a mirror because it every mirror. every picture they show appears it to be showing um, a screen showing what's in front of you, which is right. kind of in, redundant. Right, because you're looking in front of you. Because you're looking in front of you. Yeah. So if you don't actually turn it on, it automatically just starts recording, and it's just a mirror. Right. So if you tap the glass, the screen, it turns on. You can also turn it on and off with a button underneath. Right. So if you just tap it, there it's it's showing you what the screen is seeing. And I was confused at first, because every time I tapped it, it, it wasn't recording for more than a minute or so. And I'm like, is it turning itself on and off? What's going on? But what happens is it's constantly recording, but you have the ability to go to uh, one, two, or three-minute clips. So at the end of three minutes or two minutes or one minute, it stops recording and immediately starts another one. Right. So if you're in an accident or something, it's it's hundreds of little clips on there. Oh, uh, right. So you don't have to search through like a, like a three-hour video to try and find what happened. Exactly. Okay, and that's cool. So that that was kind of cool, um, and it records both the front and the back. So even though you're not in reverse, for instance, it's still picking up that video feed and it's recording it. Now I didn't hook up the backup camera to my reverse light, so when I put my car in reverse, it doesn't automatically switch to the backup camera, mm-hmm. and that's fine. I I can wire it like that. That would take another half hours worth of work, which is about the extent that I've got into installing this camera to begin with. Yeah. Um, and I, I might do it. I don't know. I haven't, haven't made up my mind yet. Um, but as you're driving, if you sweep or swipe to the left or the right, it actually activates the backup camera. So you can actually see behind you that camera as you're driving. And that's kind of neat. Okay. Uh, mm-hmm. it, gets, it gives me a little bit of queasiness when I look at that. But, you know, whatever. Yeah, because it's not what you're used to looking at because it's from a different angle, isn't it? Yeah. Um my biggest gripe with it, to be honest, is it uses these rubber things to connect the mirror, and it's very secure. It doesn't feel like it's going to fall down or anything. But unlike the actual rearview mirror, this thing has a little bit of a shake to it mm-hmm. because it's not as secure. And as an actual mirror, it kind of doesn't work well. I, you can see everything behind you, but everything's slightly jiggly a little mm-hmm. bit. Just enough that it, it kind of bothers me. But when I took out, because this comes with a 32 gig micro SD cam, uh, uh, memory card, yeah, I took that out, put it in my Mac, and looked at some footage, and it's really good. Yeah. Yeah, I was really, even in low light, it the front camera, the back camera doesn't do crap for back, you know, for yeah. low light. But the front camera, the dash cam itself, did an excellent job of recording even on a dark road. In fact, I could see better in the footage than I could see in person. Yeah. 
So it's 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 actually kind of impressive to be honest with you. The you know you can set the time and the date. Uh, you can tell it to lock a clip into place in case something happens and you don't want that one erased. You can lock that clip. Yeah. You could take a picture and you could turn on and off the microphone. So by default, the microphone's off because that's going to take up more storage. But yeah. you could turn on the microphone and record audio if you want as well. Hmm. So, somebody doesn't sound like they're happy in the background. There's some kids playing outside and I think uh, I think she's just taking his uh, scooter off him. Yeah. Oh, she's giving it back now, so he's still crying. Yeah, well, that's good. <laughs> That'll teach him. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, I, I don't know. Is this something that's interesting to you? Well, there's a couple of things that, that – well, there's a couple of questions I have, and then and then I can probably pass comment. First of all, how is this powered? Do you have to run a cable down to your um, – Yes. Yeah, which – Yep. Now, like. it, comes with, it comes with two different power cables. One – is a 12-volt adapter, cigarette light adapter, if you yeah. will. The other, you can, and it's very long cabling. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one, you can wire it directly into your fuse box. Right. And it comes with the fuses, too. So, of course, you wouldn't want the thing dangling down in front of you like that. Yeah. You'd run it and hide it in your trim down to the fuse box. So, you'd have just a very small cable coming out of the top yeah. to your trim level. So, yeah. for in, in that regard, it's, it's not a big deal at all. Can you... Could you take your mirror off and actually replace it with this? No, because there's no um, mechanism for this to connect directly to your glass. Right. So if you look at your rear mirror, it's got that little thing that's actually connected, and, and that's what your mirror connects to. Yeah. That mechanism doesn't exist. They assume, and I think rightly so, to be honest, that if you're going to be using this, you don't want to rip your other mirror off. You just want to clip this to your mirror. Mm. Okay. Now, could you rig it? Yeah, I think you probably could, but I think it would yeah. probably be, you know, I don't know. I, I probably wouldn't want to do that. Yeah, I think I, it's just if you did that, then obviously that would eliminate the shake. The shake, yeah. Yeah, which is, is a, a real thing. I don't know. I'm, my, I'm feeling that like having the big screen, I'm not sure is that great of an advantage, you know, because most of the time you want it to be a mirror. Um, and so it's a worse mirror than your regular mirror. Uh, and, it it you know, is. The glass itself is not to the level of almost any OEM. And it, in fact, when it, when I'm just sitting there looking at what's behind me, I almost get a little bit of a rippling effect when I move my head up and down. So I know yeah. that the glass itself isn't that high of quality. Well, yeah, not only that, it doesn't have the the silver service on the back that a mirror does so it just doesn't reflect as well as a real mirror does because it has a screen in there um so what i'm wondering it, it actually is, does a pretty good job yeah. i will say that okay but what i'm wondering is what what advantage this really offers over having just a i mean regular dash cams now that kind of a lot of them will will kind of suction up to your um windscreen at the top near your mirror that's a pretty good place to put them um i'm just wondering what advantage a small dash cam what this gives you over having just a small dash cam at the, at the top there. Um, uh, I, I think it's because two things. Number one, it, it it's taking up the same space that's currently occupied by your mirror. Mm-hmm. So you're not sacrificing even more window space. Yeah. Number one. Number two is um, I think you do kind of want to look at occasionally in the car, the, the screen, what it's seeing. And on those tiny little dash cams, you can't really do that very well. Yeah. Um, 
So I, I would say I would rather have this than a standalone dash cam. Plus, this incorporates both front and rear-facing cameras at the mm. same time. And you can switch between them at any time you want. And it's recording the backup and the front camera at the same time. So it actually comes with the rear camera? Yes. Okay. Yep, and it comes and, with and the, the rear cable camera. you need to wire it exactly. if you want it right. It's just one long cable with one cable coming off of it to wire directly to your reverse light. So when that li- when that light gets power, it automatically yeah. switches this mirror or camera, if you want, screen, to whatever the backup camera is seeing. All right. And you put the, ba- the backup camera, you would mount it in your rear windscreen? Or wherever you want. It, you can put yeah. it outside the car. That's where it's supposed to be. I've actually got it higher up at the top of my uh, uh, my hatch, and I've actually just got it taped up there right now. I didn't want to drill holes or anything. And, you know, well, that's just, the thing, for isn't testing. it? If you, want it, if you want it outside your car, then you kind of either need to glue it on or, um, or, or, or make a hole for it in some way, and then you've got, got to worry about water intrusion and what have you. Yeah, but that's easy. You just put a little silicon in there, you'll be fine. I mean, yeah. people install backup cameras all the time in cars, so yeah. I, I don't look at And I'm, I would almost guarantee you almost every car has an area that you could remove a screw to install this in there, too. Yeah. So, But if you already have a backup camera, you can interface this to your existing camera, yes? No. Ah. So no. That's, that's, a, that's unfortunate. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, and that's why it's kind of an optional thing. You don't have to yeah. connect the backup camera. So here's my question to you as a car salesman. Yeah. Right? These these are $90. Yeah. Okay. Why the hell is this not an option on every car? Well, in fact, why is it not fitted to every car? A, a built-in option like this would be much, much better. And most cars nowadays have the backup cameras already. Uh, the backup camera isn't accessible unless you're actually in reverse in any car. So you can't be driving down the road and tap a screen and see what your backup camera is. No, no, but, yeah, but if the OE, if the manufacturer was building it, they could make it so it could do that. Yeah. Oh, I agree. But, I think I'm, this kind of technology why, would yeah, be awesome I'm, in any car. Exactly. I'm, I'm, what I'm trying to get to is why is this still third-party accessories? Why on earth are they not just uh, car manufacturers not building this into every car now? I don't know. I think. All the cars I think have, that would be a good idea. Yeah, all the car. I mean, you wouldn't even need to do it. You know, obviously, this this going on the mirror. You wouldn't even need to do it like that if you didn't want to. You just have the camera in the front somewhere, built into. Now most cameras have a little cluster. Uh, uh, modern ca- cars, certainly in the EU, they have a little cluster up at the top where the rearview mirror is, where they they tend to they have. They do cam- here too. Yeah, they tend to have cameras for the uh, lane keeping and for, um, you know, sometimes they have emergency brake sensors and all that sort of stuff. They could put a camera in there. They have a screen. All the cars nowadays have a screen in. Well, they could just use the cameras that they're already in there. They just make the screen, uh, you know, put. all you have to do is put a little SD card slot in it. Exactly. And then it will just record anything that camera's seeing. I agree. I think that would be brilliant. I don't know why... Maybe somebody is doing it that we're, you know, some strange, you know, very well, low production well, Audi or something. Yeah, but Yeah, but that's the point, isn't it? I mean, you work for Toyota, who yeah. are one of the biggest car manufacturers in the world. The uh, biggest now. Uh, yeah, and and very, very forward looking. And it's, this is, seems to be the sort of thing that they would go for. And yet you're not hearing that, that this is coming on new models. So it's really odd. Yeah, I think so, too. I think this is. I think dash cams are something that should be in any every car. You yeah. know, if you're in it, it should reduce um, insurance rates because hey, you just pull the footage. What happened? 
Uh, video doesn't lie, although it does. I, um, yeah. I have a friend who, uh, quite a few years ago, he bought a Jaguar. He was It was his midlife crisis car. Mm-hmm. You know, we all know that one. We saw so, Jaguars, remember? <laughs> so... Um, he had a. He installed his own dash cam. He's quite techy. He likes to. Uh, in fact, he just sent me a, 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 a link the other day saying, "Oh, I'm thinking of treating myself to this." And it was like a, a 55 inch curved screen that he's just going to put on it for his work laptop at home. Anyway, go figure. Um, but he had a dash cam on his Jaguar when he bought it, and this is the one that actually runs even when the car is parked. Yeah. As a security thing, and he um, he caught the guy who. One evening in a car park, decided that he was going to take a long run up and then run over the top of his car and do quite a lot of damage. And um, you know, if he he basically he I mean they they caught the guy, they passed it to police. They immediately the local police took a look at it. Oh, we know who that is, and they went yep. and rounded him up. And uh, you know, um, they that wouldn't have happened if he hadn't had that camera in there. So again, I think it's. So in in the, with this one, it turns itself off after a few seconds after the power has been cut. Yeah. So it's got some kind of a, a small capacitor in there that's going to run. You know, I think it's five seconds after it loses power. Yeah. Uh, Julie drove my Sequoia this morning for the first time since I put this in there. And the two times she turned it off, it said goodbye. She <laughs> thought it was her phone the first time. The second time yeah. she realized it wasn't. It was coming from the mirror. She goes, your car said goodbye to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it does. I forgot it did that. But if I would wire this directly to the battery, for instance, um, it would always have power. It'd probably drain your battery, you know, pretty quick if you if your car sit for a long time without running. Um, but it would continuously record. Yeah. Uh, when I was installing the backup camera, as an example, I plugged it in and I threw the camera and the cord because it's just literally running from my rear view camera to the back of the vehicle. It's not hidden or anything. Yeah. Cole got in it yesterday morning. He's like, what's this wire here for? Yeah. Um, and so as I was taping it up, I didn't realize it was recording me the whole time because the vehicle was yeah. running. And it wasn't yeah. until we were looking at the footage as a test, not last night, but the night before, that we watched me installing the camera. Yeah. And Julie says, see, you don't have any bald spots. <laughs> I don't. Um but I was doing a weird thing with my tongue as I was taping this up there. I'm like, Ugh, mm. is that what I look like when I'm that's, doing work? That's, that's terrible. The, con- the concentration tongue. A lot of us have that. Yeah, oh, it was terrible. <laughs> it was just, it was awful. Um, but yeah, I mean, it totally worked, and it's in 1080p. And I don't have any of the footage right now on my computer. I deleted it, but I'll send you some of the footage one of these what? days. No 4K. No, not not 4K yet. 8K. And, of course, I could put a larger memory card in there, but I don't really see the point. The whole point of this really is if something did happen. Yeah. Um, I would probably uh, – it's going to be recorded, you know. Yeah. So it, one of my first thoughts afterwards fine. is going to be unplugging it so I don't lose any of that footage and then transferring yeah. the video footage. But, I, yeah. I, you know, I kind of like this thing, though, to be honest with you. Yeah. And, and I think – the discussion of why don't manufacturers do this is a completely valid point. Why don't they do this? If anybody out there has any ideas, let us know. I'm kind of curious because, yeah. uh, of course, you it know, seems like man- a no brainer. Yeah. The manufacturer one would be a $450 option. The tallest man on earth. What the hell? Something's Siri. talking to me in here. It's, it's my echo. Let me just mute it. Did you mean play the song Shut The up. Tallest Man on Earth? 
Did it say the tallest man on earth? Tall, did I? Yeah, the tallest man on earth. I don't. I don't know why I did that. Because Amazon's spying on you. Well, these things are always spying on us. Yes. It's, and we happily let them in. Yes. You know. So, anyways, yeah. that's the uh, camera. I, I'm gonna. Yeah. I've got, I've got to be honest. So far, yeah. i got to say, I'm going to give it a pretty good review. Yeah. It's probably going to be a four out of five. It's not a five, simply yeah. because of the shake of the camera. Um, and I'm going to look at addressing that. Yeah, you could know, you use, It's like, hard plastic on the back of this touching yeah. the glass and the mirror on my existing one. I, I I'm thinking if put, there's something rubber or something in there, it'll stop. Or, or maybe if you, if you put some blue tack on the back, so it's... No, I don't want to ruin my car's mirror by putting glass. Uh, no, but blue tech won't won't mark no, the glass. That's true. No, that's true. Yeah, but something that I could stick between the two, and I, I think that's what's causing the shaking. Yeah. Um, and I just it just dawned on me as I was saying that that that's probably what it's doing. It's two hard surfaces touching, and of course it's going to shake. Yeah. So if I put some, you know, I don't know, something between the two, it'll probably alleviate that problem. One of the it, the only bad thing really it's really hard to get the straps on by the way and yeah. by because they're small straps and you got to really stretch it and they're rubber so they'll do it but it's not easy but you want it secure so it's got to be tight but getting the memory card out of the top of the mirror is kind of a pain in the ass yeah because you, you got to twist it down and it's not easy and you can't really see it up there. It's too high up. So yeah, that's kind and, of a pain. And they're, they're tiny as well, aren't they? So Yes, they're super problem. tiny. So yep. I'm, just, I'm just looking at the, uh, at the Amazon listing here. So it does actually say here that this, that if it detects something hitting your car when you're parked, it will turn, within, for, for a 24-hour period, it will turn on and record. Huh. So um, I don't know. Does it have a battery in it? Well, it, says it probably 20- just has a... Says if it's 24 hour. hours, it's probably just got a really good capacitor in there that right, it's going to hold okay. power for a while. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, yeah, there you go. Oh, yeah. Yeah, G-sensors. Uh, uh, the, this mirror has a dual dual dash cam, is functioned with a G-sensor, HDR, loop recording, motion detection, and parking monitor. Yeah. I don't know how the parking monitor works yet. Uh, I think... I think basically it just has overlays that go on. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah, got yeah. overlay. Oh, no, hang on a minute. It's a 12, 24 hours of parking monitoring optional. So you must have to turn that on. But, yep. um, yeah, and and then the other thing is, is yeah, with the reversing camera, there are steering overlays or... Yeah, but only if I wire it to the backup because yeah. it doesn't do it right now. Yeah. And I don't see there's an option to even turn that on. So I think if it's wired and it probably intelligent enough to know that, oh, I just got power to the... Because it's this... Um, then it gives me the, uh, yeah, that, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah, so far I got to say though, I, I'm quite impressed with it. You know, I would, without using it, if I just looked at the listing, I would think this is some cheap Chinese thing and it's probably mm-hmm. janky as hell, but I gotta say, I, I, I'm kind of impressed with it. I really am. Yeah. I mean, this is, there are much cheaper ones of this type of model. Um, yeah, this is, this is it, up towards the upper end, but but the thing is, unlike the branded ones, the branded ones are like three hundred dollars, and this one's a yeah. hundred. So, but a hundred bucks for this, I think, is actually a, a pretty good price. I'm going to yeah. put a link in the show notes at techfanpodcast.com and mymac.com. So if if this is something that you guys are interested in, and uh, obviously the only one you've heard about is the one I'm talking about, you want to get it? I'll put a list in there and. If you end up buying one, let me know what you think. I'm definitely I, curious. Yeah. I also um, 
it, Leanne and I were having a discussion just a couple of days ago. We were driving together in a car and we saw somebody doing bad driving and, and she said, oh, we need to get dash cams fitted. Now, I actually have one for each of us. I used to have one in my Infinity, but when I bought my new car, I didn't get around to changing it over. So that's something I will do and then fit hers as well. I see bad driving all the time, but the two days I've had this installed, I haven't. So I'm like, yeah, damn it. Yeah, I mean it's instant YouTube content. You know what I mean? I, I I think I think we need to do a bit of work, maybe with the Raspberry Pi and some robotics, so that you actually are able to target and fire a paintball or maybe a, a rotten egg or something at somebody who's particularly bad driving using this. Yeah, just, I'm, I'm down with that. Just tap and fire. So, sounds like a Kickstarter ready to happen. <laughs> exactly. What could possibly go wrong? Yeah, nothing. <laughs> well, sp- speaking of what cannot go wrong, um, obviously it's been a couple of weeks since we've done a tech fan. And one of the um, – and, and actually, this is about a month ago, but <laughs> let's still talk about it. Um, the day after Motorola launched their folding screen, which – now, this is one instead of – it's a clamshell phone. So it's, it's, yeah. it's an old one, and it's it's, it's all screen. They're calling it the Razor because it's like the yeah. old Razor, which because yeah, opens up so like a, original. Like, yeah, because it opens up like a Star Trek communicator. Yeah, the idea. Yeah, so the screen, the, it folds in the middle. But yes, you're right. There's no keypad and separate screen. The whole thing is one sheet of glass. Is this the one that actually has um, flexible glass on it? Um, I don't think so. No, I think it's, there's there's a. I know that Samsung have done another one that's like this, and I think that one has flexible glass allegedly but um yes the problem with this is that um it's already failing within a day you'd have thought that they would have learned from samsung's bad launch of the of the fold the samsung fold where the thing were basically was broken by reviewers in less than 24 hours uh and sure enough this one is the same um um this because because of the way it is it has a hinge system that's different than the samsung folds um but People started stress testing it and uh, found that within a relatively small number of folds, about 27,000, I think the guy's saying here, it stops working. Um, Also as well, apparently it's quite easy to get your fingernail caught underneath the screen when you are halfway through closing the phone. Because obviously as it it closes, anybody who's ever folded anything that's kind of stiff and flexible, like thin card or uh, a piece of celluloid or something like that, you know it kind of bulges out. um, And and apparently it creates a a gap underneath that you can get your finger under. And then if you catch your finger under there, then you run the risk of damaging the screen as well. Um, I... (laughs) I just, I don't, I, well, we've said before, we don't get this these products. I sent you that um, that picture from a couple of weeks ago where uh, I went into the Samsung store here in Manchester. Yeah, yes. And they, yep. they had a Galaxy Fold there, and it was in a box, a glass box. So people, I, I imagine they take that off if anybody wants to look at it. Yep. It was in there, it was folded flat, and uh, as soon as you kind of got the light on the front, you could see the bulge where basically there's been a flex where the screen has been folded and closed. Uh, and you, from looking at it, it, I mean, it looked janky just from looking at it, but you, you could tell as well, if you ran your finger over that, you're going to feel it. And yep. who wants to spend £1,500 on a device that feels like a child's toy, which is yep. is what it's going to do? Because these kind of plastic screens are the sort of things you find in child's toys. Uh, I think Microsoft has it 100% right where it's not one continuous screen it's two glass screens yeah that is 
that's the way you want to do it. If if Apple ever makes one of these, and I don't know if they will, it, it doesn't feel like it's in Apple's DNA to do this. But if they do, I guarantee you it's not going to be one continuous screen, or they're going to use some kind of a trickery to make it look like there is, but there isn't. And it's going to be glass because these plastic screens just. <laughs> They're n- a number one. It's a terrible user experience to have to touch a plasticky screen. Yeah, uh, think think back to um, your, your pocket things. What are the uh, palms? Yeah, those are terrible screens. They have those resistive layers on that flexed. Yeah. They're not. They're not nice to touch. No. Um. So, th- and that's what we're talking about here. Better technology, sure, but still a terrible user experience. Now, smooth. Harding, hardened glass? Sure, we like that. In fact, when people hand me their phone to use at work, and that happens all the time, when I'm connecting their phone and stuff like that to their new mm-hmm. cars, if they've got one of those screen protectors on, it feels like crap. It yeah. feels cheap and janky compared to what my phone feels like. Yeah. And I understand why the, the mentality behind it, but it's not needed, people. Yeah. You don't need to put a, a protector on your glass. You don't. Um, and, and we've had this discussion. We've got feedback. You don't need to do it. I understand why some people do it. You make a great product worse when you do it. You really do. If Apple really thought you needed this, uh, an actual protector on the glass, they would sell it like that. Well, you know, look, I, I think, I think there are, there are pros and cons to either approach. Um, having, as having recently paid nearly 200 pounds to get my iPhone 11 screen change because it had a really deep scratch in it that I could feel. And, and it kind of made me gave, gave me that gross feeling that I got um, that you you were talking about when you when you're using plastic. I you know yep. I, I basically it was deep enough it couldn't you couldn't really see it because the optics of the phone are so good. But every time you swiped up and down, you could feel it, and it just eventually I just couldn't stand it anymore. I tried to put a glass protector over it to because um, I thought well I can't really see it, so I put glass protector over it, then I won't feel it. Um, and so I put, yeah, one of those glass things on and, um, it lasted about four weeks before the glass protector broke. Yeah. Uh, and at that point I just thought, well, unfortunately I'm going to have to shell out for a new screen because I, yep. I just couldn't stand it anymore. I know. No, and let's face it. A lot of people don't care about these things. We, they don't, we've all seen people using, you know, shattered phones, um, on public transport and at work and that sort of thing. And some people just kind of go, well, it's very expensive to change it. I can live with it. The difficulty with these folding screens is not only you're going to get that um that bad user experience of feeling but they break they break very quickly yeah um and they also they break in a way that glass screens don't most glass screens if they shatter or if you crack them you have lines on the screen but they work the problem with these is that when they because it's one sheet of oled uh, if you do get any problems with it or anything it's not it, it basically you start getting flashing pixels and bits of the screen that don't work and You've got to replace it anyway, and uh, I would imagine replacing screening on these things is not cheap because it's cutting-edge technology. No, I can guarantee you that they're not cheap. Yeah. And going back to what you're saying about Apple and Microsoft and having the line in the front, um, you know, even if you have a user interface which involves you moving things from one side to the other, um, actually, I think even with the Galaxy Fold, most of these things kind of treat the software treats the screen as two separate screens yes with a thing in the middle so you don't really need the the continuous thing but even if you don't and you have a user interface where you're swiping from one side to the other yeah if you do that gap properly we can do screens glass screens now that go virtually right up to an edge yeah you're not you're just not going to notice that line 
yeah, visually, and you're probably going to feel it far less moving from one side to the other than you're going to yep. feel with a, a plastic, a plasticky feeling screen with a bump in it. Yeah, the the bump it, that would drive me insane. Yeah, it would feel like a, a a bad label on a bottle or something. You know, you you've you've had a bottle where it's got that, you know, where it didn't quite adhesive the adhesive didn't quite put it down right there, and it's almost like a bubble kind of. Yeah. We've all felt that. And you'll sit there and push it in a couple times and, oh, look, it's in perfection. But if every bottle was like that, it would drive you crazy. Oh, well, and also, you know, um, have you ever seen those those pads that the kids use? Uh, they're not as common anymore. But the ones where you would write on with a stylus and it was grey. And then where the stylus touched the back, it was dark grey. And then to, to clean it, to fix it, to wipe it, you would pick the top sheet off and it was like loose. And you'd pull it off and then put it back down again. And then it yep. grey again, kind of like yep. a you know like a cheap etcher sketch. Well, that, that's what these things feel like because that's kind of what they are. They are, you know, so well put it this way: you wouldn't get an iPhone. You wouldn't put a plastic screen protector on it with a big ridge in the middle. No, yeah, and leave it like that and go. Oh, it's fine. You know? Yeah, it's just it's. Anyways, look it, in, in some it, it, in some respects, I, I I welcome the fact they're trying. They're trying oh, to use that, new technology. I, I, I've been saying for a while yeah. that the current iPhones and most Androids are boring as hell. So I, too, welcome these kind of, hey, let's do something different. But these are just ill-conceived, not-thought-out, yeah. rushed products. This is like, we, have, we think we've got the technology now, so let's build a product to do it, rather than turning around and saying, you know, is this, project, is this technology mature enough to give us the experience we want? And the, and, and the answer is no, it isn't. <laughs> not yet. Yeah. Not yet. Or this isn't the right direction. But why would you launch a product that's clearly not the right direction? That you, that's, you're going to, it's, it, it makes no sense to me. Well, I, I guess maybe from a marketing point of view, it makes sense. If, let's face it, a lot of people spent a lot of time talking about these products and the companies that made them. So yeah, but it's derisive. Well, so that's not uh, helping. Yeah, some, perhaps the uh, the attitude is is there is no such thing as bad publicity. Yeah, there is. Um, <laughs> there just is. <laughs> so let's talk about our feedback. We've got a couple of emails here. One from Owen. Owen occasionally uh, will come on and and do the show with us. Yeah, and uh, it's you know he's a little behind the times because you know he works at Apple and. Now and uh, he's busy, so uh, he doesn't uh, listen busy, to the yeah. shows. And also, he probably has to be careful about what he says too. Yeah. So yeah. he wrote something about uh, manufacturing in China. This is when we were talking about um, car parts. Uh, yeah. We were we were discussing about whether, the, you know, the uh, at the time the upcoming coronavirus, which was much worse in China at that time than it what than it was anywhere else, um, would would affect supply and that sort of thing. So he says, "Okay, I'm late with comments, but feedback on your China manufacturing about where parts come from. First, most automakers did not make all the parts for the car in one factory. Parts are which sort- which, I, which I already know. I, yeah. I probably know more about." Car manufacturing, not from my current job, but because I've been around yeah. while I live in Michigan. Mm-hmm. You know, most of the industries for many years was um, part suppliers for the manufacturers. Uh, and, and of course, this is what the uh, when you know when the Detroit um, kind of car manufacturing started to fail. That's why it hit Detroit very hard because of it wasn't just the car manufacturers and those jobs; it right. was the parts suppliers as well. Yeah. Yes. So he says parts are sourced from all over the place. Some local, some a distance away. 
Um, and then he provides a link. Here is a great article on the supply chain for building carding today. He says, then to guys on say, on Apple devices, I would suggest that Apple does not single source any part from a single supply in their products. That is a well-established manufacturing process for just about anything built today. You don't let a single supplier hold the manufacturer hostage. Have a look here as Apple publishes their supplier list, which is a long and very comprehensive document. Um, in the China issue, and why it's a bigger problem this time, is that many supplies, including alternate sources of parts, may also be shut down, which may make parts more difficult to source. But even then, I'll bet, in my opinion, that there are alternate suppliers that can source parts, just not as many. Yeah, I agree with that. But yep. the problem is this is uh, a pandemic. Well, yeah, exactly. It, it, originally, it, it, originally, it was a, an all-China issue, and now it's becoming an all-world issue. Um, yep. And... and I think it's, it, you know, look, it's fair to say we are in uncharted times. We have never seen, we, since since the world became so globalised in terms of supply and manufacture of not just goods but services, yeah, we have never seen a single um, issue or challenge kind of affect the whole world in one go. We've had regional things, we have, we've had wars, we've had oil price problems, we've had... Um, you know, regional stuff like earthquakes and hurricanes and typhoons and floods and that sort of thing. And in the certainly in the tech industry, I can remember a few years ago there was floods that kind of um, knocked out all the hard drive supply for a while, uh, and prices yep. shot up and everything. But, no, it was RAM. Uh, RAM, that's right. Yeah. Um, but what, what what we've not seen is something that affects the entire planet all in one go. And this is what we are kind of coming to now. And who knows, frankly, what the economic effects are. Obviously, the the primary worry everyone should have is is you know that people survive this and that that it, it kills as few people as possible and um, that sort of thing but obviously any change to the way we all live is going to have economic effects as well and sometimes those can be unpredictable and um, who knows what will happen um, this year next year whatever i mean the other thing about this virus is it you know it may be it's kind of like a cold virus it, we, it may just be with us forever now we may just have this every year um so then we need to adapt to it and that's going to change the way people live the way people work potentially and uh, all of that is going to have knock-on effects in manufacturing and service and system supply and so we, we don't know you know all bits are off at this point and uh, we are early in this thing so we'll just have to see what happens Absolutely. Yeah. Um, um, you know, you got could, something from Brandon. Yeah. So Brandon um, is also was talking about the uh, the uh, epidemic in China, China, and he he sent a quote in saying the epidemic in China appears to have peaked in late January. Um, that's certainly true. I, I've been here in the last week or so that things are starting to open up again in China. Um, two widely used mobile phone apps alipay and wechat which in recent years have replaced cash in china have helped to reinforce enforce restrictions because they allow the government to keep track of people's movements and even stop people with confirmed infections from traveling every person has a source of traffic light system says mission member gabriel leung dean of the Li Ka-shing faculty of medicine at the university of hong kong Colour codes on mobile phones in which green, yellow or red designate a person's health status let guards at train stations and other checkpoints know who to let through. South kind of Korea, scary. Yeah, South Korea is also using a mobile app to keep track of those diagnosed positive. So, in one respect, great use of technology. In the other respect, the problem is you're trusting the government with an awful lot of data about who you are and where you're going and what you're doing, um, which kind of gives us the willies, really, doesn't it? 
Yeah, that's something that a lot of people have a problem with, uh, including me to a certain extent. I mean, look, you you and I have been podcasting on this show for 10 years. Right. I've been podcasting since 2004. I started my Mac in 1994 or, or five. five. Um, so I've been in the public limelight for many years when it comes to this kind of thing. So I don't really assume that I have a whole lot of privacy, if you will. I mean, you could listen to how many episodes of Tech Fan Alone to learn all about my family if you want to. So I, I'm not, when I've had a cold, when I've been between jobs, when I, you know, it's all out there. So I, when it comes to privacy, I'm not that big of a, you know, I, I get why some people kind of freak out about it. I don't. Um, and yeah, I guess you could say, well, if you don't have anything to hide, um, no, that's a, that's a specious argument. That is yeah, absolutely a hundred percent. But I, you know, I, but that was a choice I made. Yeah. Um, so I'm not really all that concerned about it. That being said, I understand why some people, this would be their worst nightmare. The government saying where you can and can't go. Yeah. That's By the same token, well, you know what? If you're if you have an infectious disease, somebody's got to step up and say, "No, you can't get on this airplane. Go screw yourself." This is the challenge. Certainly, we in the West face is that you know, in a free society, we generally don't want to stop people from doing the things they want to do, and people, you know, people rightly and don't expect that and don't take well to being told what to do. We. I, Right at the beginning of this thing, when we had people, there was a couple of flights that flew British people home from the Wuhan province. Yeah. And they were all kept in uh, quarantine for 14 days before they were allowed back into uh, back into the public to make sure that nobody had coronavirus. And none of them did. But um, I do remember that probably about four or five days before that first round of 14 day isolation was due to finish. And they were basically they were garrisoned up in a. Uh, an old hospital nursing block up here in in the northwest um and they were given everything they wanted they were given access to the internet they were given computers tvs food obviously you know and and regular health monitoring you know it wasn't it, it was probably as good as it could be under the circumstances and remember the government at at taxpayers expense had also flown them around the world away from an area where there was a dangerous infection going on um, apparently one guy five days before the quarantine was due to finish decided he'd had enough and was going to leave and he came down one morning and said uh, I'm off uh, and the the guys running the place realised they didn't have the legal power to stop him and uh, the Minister of Health for the UK actually had to uh, pa- effectively pass an emergency law that morning to um, allow to basically give the health workers the right to detain this guy against his will if they wanted to, in the interest of public health. Um, so sometimes, you know, in a free society, people will do things that are selfish and aren't in the interest of everyone else just because people are people. In a, yep. in a, uh, I guess, in communist China, you can decide that the, the government can override those rights if they want to, um, and they do on a fairly frequent basis for whatever whatever serves the state um and in this case it might be something that you could argue is for the pop positive public good but the difficulty is, is once you've got once you've given the state that ability then they can use it for whatever they want whether it's for good or for ill yeah if they uh here in the u.s if things don't clear up by then you know i've, I've heard some 
disturbing idea. Oh, the elections, the presidential election will be canceled because of this. No, that's not going to happen. Because in the United States, we wouldn't allow that to happen. Well, you say that, but if the president declares martial law, he can absolutely cause that to happen. And if the if the army decides to enforce the martial law, the army and the National Guard and everything, then absolutely can do that. And the problem with once once a uh, once somebody asserts that level of control and realizes how effective it is, it can be very difficult to get them to give it up. That is true. Yeah. And, I, you know, I, it could absolutely happen. I'm not saying it will happen um, at all, but I can, it, it would absolutely, it absolutely is a possibility that um, in the interest of controlling this outbreak, that um, in parts of the country, martial law could be declared. And once you've got martial law, then basically that is the same as communist China. You know, yep. all rights are, under martial law, all rights are suspended and passed to the military. Scary thought. Yeah. But, you know, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm still a firm believer if, if people that would just calm down and use common sense, you're going to find out most of these problems aren't that big of a problem. Well, the reality, but, look, the reality that certainly what I understand from the scientific advice we'll be getting here and the government here has been very, very open about what the advice they're getting is and how they're responding to it. Um, the advice here is, is that is that unless you're over 70 years old the chances of you getting seriously ill from this virus, if you catch it, are relatively low. Yep. Um, and the best way of stopping the virus spreading is anybody who feels like they have cold-like symptoms, a fever and a, and a dry cough, yeah, should just not go out and should just stay at home for 7 to 14 days and try and avoid passing it on to the people in your home, but certainly try and avoid from going out and passing it on to somebody else. If everybody does that, this will be relatively easy to manage. The difficulty yep. is there's an awful lot of people, and we've seen it here in the UK, who get those symptoms, and rather than doing what they're told, which is stay at home, call up uh, a helpline, or maybe use the internet, we've got official NHS um, help resources available here. They say, no, I'm going to go out to the hospital. I'm going to go out to, the, to my doctors. And of course, what they do then is they infect everybody they meet on the way. Uh, and then, you know, before you know it, everyone's got it. Uh, and that's the problem then, is if, is if everybody's got it, then what, what happens then? Because the, there'll be too many seriously ill people, even at the low percentages, for our health systems to cope. Yep. Sad. It is. And, you know, I've got... Look, our Prime Minister, you say what you want about Boris Johnson and his similarities in the way sometimes he behaves um, to uh, to your president, and uh, those those comparisons have been made, but um, he's actually pretty good in a crisis, but he came out last night, he did a, a news briefing last night to the whole of the UK, and he said, he said, look, I'm, I'm going to live with you. Sadly, there are people alive today who will not be alive by the end of this crisis because of this virus. Um, you know, now those are probably people who are elderly with pre-existing health conditions and they're going to get this and it's going to push them over the edge. And it's it's desperately sad. And I'd hate to be any person who whose family has a situation like that, because, you know, I, I, I had remarked somebody at work the other day when when they said, oh, oh another person's died, but they have pre-existing health conditions. I said, well, that doesn't make it any less of a tragedy. <laughs> that's still right. a life that's been taken away before their time. 
as a result right. of this virus. And it could have you been know. a pre-health health condition that could have been easily cured. Exactly. But, but couldn't yeah. now because of this. Yeah, so. exactly. And that is a tragedy and that is a worry. And that is something we need to focus on because, frankly, the people who suffer that and their families are going to need support going forward. And there's probably going to be quite a few of those, unfortunately. Um, but it's not a zombie apocalypse. And no. um, it's not going to wipe us all out. Um, no. Most of us are going to get feel unwell for a few days and then we're going to be fine again. That's right. Yeah. And, and, and once you've got go, it, you can't get it again. Uh, well, that is this strand. Un, that is unknown at this point, to be honest. Um, let's let's be careful here. This is a, a cold-like virus, and we all know that you can get the common cold over and over again. Yeah, it's right, not, but they're all different strands. Yeah, but it's not, no, it's not, you, you, it's not like the flu. The flu has all different strains. You can get dif- different strains of flu, but if you've had one particular type of flu, you can't get that again. But with Correct. this particular virus, it's more like a cold virus than a flu virus. Um, we don't know at this point if you can get it again and again. So mm. um, I think I think there's still research and work to be done on that. But you know what? That's That's a problem for later, frankly. Let's deal with today's problem before we worry about next year's problem. Yeah. If if you're even concerned or you don't feel great, just stay home. Yeah. Your your work will understand. Uh, Hopefully. Uh, And and I've got to be honest, that's that's my biggest worry for people, um, is that they find they can't work because they're ill or they've been told to stay at home, um, and then they find they can't earn money because they don't have enough of of a social safety net. Here in the UK, it's pretty good, and they—we've just had a budget, and they've just announced a whole load of new measures to ensure that the, some people who are at the poor end of society can access benefits quickly, should they have to isolate for coronavirus. But um, in your country, I'd imagine, um, yeah, it's not going to happen. Yeah, there are a lot of people who who basically, if they can't work, they don't earn, and if they don't earn, then they get all sorts of other problems that are unrelated to virus. Um, yep. And people in that situation are going to say, oh, well, I've decided it's not coronavirus, so I'm going to go into work. And then they're going to spread it. So with that, we're going to uh, spread the joy and end this show. <laughs> We'd love to see uh, feedback from you. It's the show at techfanpodcast.com. You can always follow us on the Twitter. It's techfanpodcast. And, of course, on... Uh, what's the other one that David doesn't use? Oh, yeah, Facebook. <laughs> Follow us on Facebook and uh, just go to techfanpodcast.com or mymac.com. Leave a comment in the show notes and like Owen and like Brendan, we'll read them right here on the show. And David, I'll see you in two weeks and we'll see you next week on Geeks Pub. Definitely. And I'm going to go away and have a long heart to heart conversation with my Amazon Echo now about its interference. Yeah, I, I, I would do that too. Punishments in order. I think so. Yeah, I'm going to turn it around and make it face the wall. Yeah, and of course this this episode is named "Shut Up Echo." <laughs> I like it. See you next week. Bye.